This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are the top stories for the week ending Friday, April 15, 2011, from GovInfoSecurity.com. As Congress and the White House look for ways to cut federal spending, one area that could prove dicey is IT security. That's the contention made by Philip Reitinger. He's Deputy Undersecretary and the highest-ranking cybersecurity executive at the Department of Homeland Security. In an interview recorded shortly before a budget deal was cut, Reitinger expressed some misgivings in reducing funding for federal government IT security initiatives. The resources that we in government need are those that the president asked for in his budget. We give a lot of thought to the, the resource requests, and as you can imagine, there's a fair amount of competition in government because there are a lot of missions that we need to accomplish. And so we think very, very hard about how much to ask for and where to put it. Obviously, cuts in cybersecurity with the threat environment that we face cause us some concern. Senator Tom Carper chairs a subcommittee with IT security oversight, but he doesn't say whether or not the government should cut cybersecurity spending. However, the Delaware Democrat chaired a hearing this past week that looked into ways the government could cut waste in IT spending. Among wasteful spending he sees is the checkbox paper process agencies employ to certify their IT security under the Federal Information Security Management Act. There's, a, there's a, there are things we can do to save some money here to make sure that we're not wasting a billion and a half dollars a year on paperwork exercises that pretend to reflect improvements in our cybersecurity when they do nothing of the sort. Carper says another way to smartly spend money is for the government to require agencies to only acquire information technology prefigured to be secure. I think we'd be foolish not to uh, to look to use our purchasing power to leverage greater protection built in to, uh, to our technology. We've, had, we've heard from a lot of folks that are not necessarily representatives of, uh, of, of the industry, but people who are very well informed about cybersecurity and how to protect our interests, our, our sensitive materials, say, you know, if you're going to do anything, do this. I'll be back with more of this week's top news after this message. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. Texas State Controller Susan Combs announced that the personal information of some 3.5 million people were left exposed on a Texas State server for about one year before being detected. Combs says there is no indication that personal data were misused. Information exposed included social security numbers, names, mailing addresses, birth dates, and driver license numbers. The controller's office says the data files transferred from three state agencies to the controller's server were not encrypted as required by Texas administrative rules. According to Combs' office, controller office personnel incorrectly allowed exposure of the data, several internal procedures were not followed, leading to the information being placed on a server accessible to the public, and then being left on the server for a long period of time without being purged as required by internal procedures. Finally, Two veteran senators, Democrat John Curry of Massachusetts and Republican John McCain of Arizona, introduced legislation that would balance individual rights while allowing businesses to collect consumer information that could be used to market products and services. 
The bill would require online businesses to provide a mechanism for consumers to opt out of the collection of personal information. The senators say the aim of the Commercial Privacy Bill of Rights Act is to establish a baseline code of conduct for how personally identifiable information and information that can uniquely identify an individual are used, stored, and distributed. That's it for this week. I'm Eric Chabro. Enjoy your weekend and have a great week ahead. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.